0: Hi there, I'm Pastor Billy. There are a lot of ways to engage with us, but I wanted to take a moment today to thank you for listening here on the Harrisonburg Nazarene Church Podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. For more about the church, please check out our website, abeaconofhope.org. That's abeaconofhope.org. You can also catch us live on Facebook each Sunday morning at 9 and 10.30 a.m.
1: I want to begin this morning with a story story from my life and in my much cuter years i know it's hard to believe there were cuter years than these but when i was two years old um actually i wasn't quite two yet it was a month before my second birthday um we were my mom dad i had an older brother i didn't have younger sisters yet that would happen way down the future but so the four of us were getting ready to celebrate christmas in our home and uh like two three days before christmas we invited some friends over from church we're kind of having a meal together, just celebrating, and, and me and my brother, two boys, uh, along with their two boys from their family, uh, after dinner, we kind of did what boys do. We just decided to go and be a little bit mischievous, and so made our way back to the room, and we had bunk beds. Now, I'm, I'm little brother, you know, so I'm sleeping in the bottom bunk, but my big brother, he's sleeping on the top bunk, and if you put four boys alone in a room with bunk beds... Danger is about to occur, right? Something dangerous is going to happen. And so uh, the older ones began to jump off the bed. Kind of just, that's what you do. You jump off bunk beds. I don't know. And so, of course, my mom hears the loud thud from down the hall and comes down and says, Hey, cut it out. We're not doing that again. And uh, if you're a parent of boys, especially, um, you can imagine that that warning didn't really work. <laughs> it was like, Okay, mom, yeah, yeah. And she shuts the door and then she began to do it. So, 23 month old me, now I don't remember this, of course, but, but I'm thinking, man, I'm I want to be one of the big guys. I want to be a part, and so they're jumping off the bed, jumping off the bed, and so I climb up to the top bunk, brave as can be, and I jump off the bed, and my mom hears the scream. (laughs) Down the, she comes rushing down the hall, and it's clear uh, that I've hurt myself pretty bad. So, uh, company at that point they begin to leave. I think that was their signal. The night's over, and uh, mom takes me to the hospital. It's two days before Christmas. I'm screaming, I'm, you know, in obvious pain. The doctor looks at me, has my mom put me down on the floor, has my mom go about 10 feet away and just tells me, the doctor says, just walk to your mom. And I'm like, you know, and I'm I'm kind of hobbling and falling, but but I make it over to my mom. And the doctor's like, see, he's fine. Mom's like, he's not fine. I'm just his mom and he's scared to death. So the doctor sends us home. Again, I'm, I'm being told this story, right? Sends us home. For a restful night's sleep. Can you imagine? No. I screamed all night <laughs> in pain. And, and my mom, you know moms, you, you know this stuff. She knows my baby's not right. My baby's not okay. And so um, the next day she gets up, calls, once an x-ray, but it's Christmas Eve. And so for three, four days over the Christmas holiday, they're kind of left with a with hobbled version of me. I, I, they're carrying me around. I'm stumbling around. Now. I'm crying. I'm not sleeping. It was probably not a very Merry Christmas that year in my home. Eventually, shocker, it was broken, <laughs> and uh, they gave me a cast and all that stuff. Why do I tell that story today? I want you to imagine those three or four days living with me, um, the two-year-old version of me who's miserable. We've got a three-year-old that's been kind of sick this weekend, and it's just not fun having a toddler that's sick, right? But I want you to picture me, a two-year-old version of me kind of hobbling around. I can't really walk. I'm being carried from room to room, and uh, of course... That's exhausting. Of course, that's a miserable way to live. But I want you to kind of picture that and how ridiculous it would be if mom, dad, even me, and my two-year-old wisdom just said, oh, it's fine. I'm okay. I'll get better. I'll get used to it. It's not all that bad, right? That would be a ridiculous way to live. Why do I begin with that story? Because I actually think... We're in the middle of our series called Afraid Not, and we're tackling this idea of fear. I actually think that's the way you and I often live with the fear in our lives. As ridiculous as that story would seem, uh, the two-year-old on his broken leg being carted around the house and carried back and forth for days and days and days, I actually think that if you and I were to look at the way that we live in our lives, our everyday lives, especially in regards to this area of fear, We're living exactly like crippled, hobbled, two-year-old Adrian. We have this overwhelming fear in our lives. But but instead of kind of dealing with the root of that, instead of kind of seeking out healing, instead of wanting to go through even the painful process of experiencing uh, healing and freedom and wholeness, we, we just kind of say, oh, it's okay. And this is kind of how we deal with fear in our lives. We think, I've just got to toughen up. That, that's the message some of us believe in response to our fear right now in our lives that you're dealing with. I've got, got to toughen up. It, I can get through this, right? Some of us, uh, i just got to get over it. You know, everybody deals with this. This is hard. I'm not the only one. i just I got to get over it. That, that, whether we would admit it or not, that's the message in our hearts and our minds as it relates to fear. For others, we just stuff it. We just pretend, we pretend like our leg's not broken, right? We just pretend, like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good. And even though there's so many things happening in your life that would suggest you're not okay, we just, I'm good, I'm good, la, 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 right, right? That's how we respond to the area of fear. Others, we ignore it or, or, or we try to cope with it. We turn to other things in our lives, to kind of self-medicate, right? right? I'm not trying to step on your toes this morning, but this is, this is how we respond to fear in our lives. And you would look at that in someone else's life and say, that's a ridiculous way to live. I, I mean, there's, there, there's help for you. There, there's, there's ways that you can walk in freedom. You don't have to live like that anymore, but many of us would choose, even in this new year, to enter into a new year with all its promise and all living enslaved to fear. Well, this morning, I want to turn uh, to a promise in Scripture in Philippians 4. So if you, if you have your copy of Scripture, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, we have an event set up there. You can journey along with us. And I want to talk to you today not just about fear, but I want to talk to you about the cousin of fear, anxiety. Because maybe today you came in the room and you're like, fear? I am fear. I'm not, I'm not afraid. Right. But as soon as I say the word anxiety, everyone else in the room is like, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. We'll talk a little bit in a minute about the difference between fear and anxiety. But this morning, I just want to dive in real deep. And I'm going to be honest. Some of what I'm going to share with you today is really convicting. It's convicting me. And so I'm not going to try to share anything with you today that I'm not working through myself. But uh, I believe the Lord has help for you. I believe today if you walked in the room fearful and anxious, I don't believe you have to walk out that way. And it's not a quick fix. It's not a, what's the silver bullet? No, no, no. But, but it's just believing and understanding that the truth that God has for us in his word is you don't have to be a slave to fear anymore. That, that we will, uh, yes, yes, we live in a broken, fallen world. and Fear will always be present. It will always rear its ugly head. It will always be the temptation to turn to anxiety. But that is not God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So today I believe there's incredible hope and freedom. So we're going to begin in just two verses. Of philippians 4 and, and here's what we're going to find we're going to find a, a command not a suggestion not a hey here's an idea a command from the word of god in regards to us and our the anxiety and the fear that we face but we're also we're not just going to find a command we're going to find a promise there's some parents in the room and i know some of us have parented this way <laughs> um, can i have ice cream no you can't have ice cream why because i said so right it's just it's a command like i'm commanding it and so be it stop asking questions I know nobody else is parented that way, right? right, right. But, but man, I'm grateful. There, there are probably times in scripture where God commands us to do something and we don't always know why. Well, I guess God just says we should, but, but I'm so grateful what we're about to read in Philippians 4. God gives us a command, but then he gives us a promise attached to the command. He tells us why. He tells us why this is good for our lives. So Philippians 4, verse 6. Listen to this command that God has for us. This is his word. Do not be anxious About anything. Just stop. That's all I can take, right? Do not be anxious about anything. This is not, this is not try not to be anxious when you can. Right, right? This is absolute language from the word of God. Do not. Don't allow it. Don't entertain it. Don't let yourself walk in that anymore. Do not let yourself be anxious about anything not some things, not when you can, not my, no, 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 do not be anxious about anything, and can we be honest this morning, that seems like an impossible command, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem like an impossible standard? Because maybe, maybe I'm having a good week, and I'm, you know, the anxiety, I'm doing pretty good, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too fearful, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy today, I'm, I'm not walking with a limp, I'm doing all right, but, but then next week comes, and the week after, and the week after, and, and to live with this kind of reality, do not be anxious about anything. Ooh. I mean, we are living, we are living uh, th- that America has literally been called the United States the most anxious nation in the world. That's, that's the day and the times that we're living in. I don't have to tell you that. You look around. <laughs> You inspect your own heart. You look at your peers. You look at your social media feed. You, you watch the news. You tell me. We're living in the most anxious times we've ever lived in. You heard this a couple weeks ago in our series. But fear And anxiety are reigning in our world and in our culture today. We're driven by fear. Much of the marketing that we see, much of the decisions that we make is based on fear and anxiety. So it's no wonder when we come to God's word in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, we immediately say, ooh, really? I mean, the the amount of anxiety that's present, not just in adults but in children today, at least they, they say as many as one in five children, adults, Teenagers are experiencing some form of significant anxiety. Not underlying, but significant anxiety in our world today. So it's no wonder we come to these words and this command and we say, ooh, that doesn't seem possible for us. This is how Max Lucado defines uh, a fear and anxiety. Maybe this morning you're wondering what is the difference. Uh, Max Lucado, a famous author, says this. Anxiety and fears are cousins. They're cousins, but not twins. Fear sees a threat. But anxiety imagines one. Fear screams, get out. But anxiety ponders, what if? And so it's okay to admit today. It's okay to admit in the room you're not alone in dealing with anxiety, anxious thoughts. But, but turn back with me to verse 6 because verse 6 isn't done. But this is the command. And, and even in the command, there's hope for us. Even in the command, there's clarity on, on how this is possible. Look again with me. Philippians 4, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I know you're saying, wait, 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 don't be anxious, present your request to God with thanksgiving, in the midst of anxiety, I'm supposed to be thankful? Yeah, The reason that you're to be thankful, the reason that this command is kind of a two-part. The first, don't be anxious. But the second part, yeah, by the way, present your request to God. Come to God. Lay your burdens at his feet. Why? Because we're learning. We're learning that the way to combat fear in our lives, the way to combat anxiety in our lives is not toughen up. It's not, you know, get a better routine for your morning. It's not, say this prayer three times and then you'll be, prayer's good, routine's good, spiritual disciplines are good. But the reason that you can overcome fear is through relationship. Through relationship. Two weeks ago, Brian shared wonderfully from this idea that the reason, we have not been given a spirit of fear, right? We've been given a spirit of adoption, of sonship, by which we cry, Abba, Father, and it's because... The way we combat fear in our lives is understanding that we are dearly loved by our Heavenly Father, that we are to have a relationship. And so, what is Paul saying here? The reason you don't need to be anxious is because you have a loving Heavenly Father. And what does He desire for your life? He, he wants you to come to Him every time, anytime you feel anxious, by prayer, by petition. Come thankfully. Why are you thankful? Because the God of the universe. Is here for you. The God of the universe is right there. The moment you call, he is right there when you need him. And because of that, you don't have to be anxious anymore. There's relationship available to you. There's freedom in that. Prayer is not meant to be this kind of, well, I start my day with prayer. I end my day with prayer. God, I prayed today. No, no, it is an invitation into intimate relationship with the God who created you. And the God who created you surely can give you hope and freedom. For the anxiety your heart is facing today. That's the command. Don't be anxious. But come to God. Turn to him. With gratitude in your heart. Pray. Pour out your needs before him. That's the command of scripture. But then look at the promise of verse 7. Again verse 6. What does it say? Don't be anxious about anything. In every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And then comes verse 7. The peace of Of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the promise. Right? The command is don't be anxious. Turn to God. Come to him. Pour out your needs before him. Let him know what you need. Enter into relationship with the God of the universe who desires to know you and be known by you. That's the command. And what is the promise attached to that command? Peace. Peace. Real peace. Not peace like, oh, it's Friday, I don't got to work till Monday. Woo! Not that. I mean, that's good. I like that. Not circumstantial. Not, I'm feeling good today, man. I had three shots of espresso in my coffee. Woo! No, no. Real peace in your life. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of your temptation to feel anxious, to feel overwhelmed, true peace can be your reality today. As you turn to God. There's a reason in First Peter, there's a reason it says that we are to cast your anxiety on him. Because he cares. That, that sounds like, a, like a, a command again, right? Cast your, no, 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 but but it's because he cares for you. The God of the universe loves you and he desires this intimate relationship with you. And so because of that you can cast. In the verb there, the language there in First Peter 5, it literally means to cast and continue to cast every day i'm waking up oh god here it is man you know my anxious heart today it's yours you know the fears that i'm facing today you know the things that want to keep me in the bed and never get up you know the things that want to keep me from hiding i'm never going to step out i'm never going to be obedient you know what those things are god and i cast them i throw them off again and again and again why because you care for me you love me I have a relationship. The way that we battle fear and anxiety in our lives is through relationship. And so today, I really want to spend the last few minutes that I have with you revisiting a picture, revisiting an image from Matthew chapter 8. We're not going to spend time reading the account again, but if you weren't here, first a Sunday of the series, if you want to go back, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 27, it's a great place to really find good footing and foundation in this area of fear and anxiety in our lives. Here's the image that we began this series with, and it's really an image I want us to see again clearly today. The disciples get into the boat with Jesus. He's right there in the boat with them, and they're going to go across to the other side, and Jesus is sleeping. Why? Man, because he's human. I was exhausted this morning, and I'm so grateful that Jesus understands where I'm at, you know. I, I, love, I love that. Jesus was tired, and so He's sleeping. But in the middle of the storm, the storm starts to rage and the disciples are scared because the wind and the waves and the storm all around them. And so they turn to Jesus and really kind of this attitude of how could you be sleeping? We're scared to death. And so Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves and he says, oh, why? you have so little faith. Why are you afraid? I, I want to go back to that because I think uh, that there's some obvious questions there. And it relates to this idea of anxiety and the freedom that God wants us to walk in. You see, Jesus in that moment, I don't think he's, a, don't think he's upset that they woke him up. I mean, he's probably a little groggy and a little bit, well, you know, I'd like to see tired Jesus. So that would be kind of cool. But, but I, I don't think that's it. I don't think his frustration about their lack of faith is because they woke him up. In fact, that's the exact thing he would want them to do. Right, right? Didn't we just read that? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, come to God. Run to relationship. Seek him out. So I think in that moment, they did the exact thing that Jesus wanted them to do. In their fear, in their burden, in their anxiety, they ran to Jesus. Jesus, (laughs) right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? But I think Jesus' frustration with them. The burden that he had for them that day was not because they came to him in their moment of fear. I think it's because the storm around them clouded their judgment. It distorted the truth. It caused them to believe that in that moment, Jesus wasn't in control, that he wasn't with him, that he didn't care. And so, for us, in the midst of the anxiety that we're facing, I want to conclude kind of our time together by asking a question. I think it's very convicting in my life. You see, we've kind of entered into the series on fear. And often our approach is, and it's not a bad approach, is, is we're thinking about the battles out there. We're thinking about the storms out there. And we're kind of asking in faith for God to do something out there. We're believing that he can and he will. And amen, hallelujah, I believe he can. But today I want to ask you a question as it relates to the anxiety in your life and in my life. And maybe I'll just talk about me for a minute because it'll be a little less convicting for you. But the question I've been asking all week in regards to the anxiety that I face is what is my responsibility? What is my role in regards to the anxiety and the fear that I'm facing? In my life right now, it's so easy to look at the storm, right? That's what the disciples did. Look at the storm. Look at all the things. Jesus, take care of all that. But in the midst of that, kind of ignoring the storm that's happening within me, the things in my own heart and mind that are clouding my judgment, distorting my vision, causing me deep anxiety and pain. And so this morning, I I, I want to focus for just a minute. I want to focus not just on the storms out there. Some of you are facing incredible storms raging around you. God knows. He cares. His deepest desire in the midst of that storm is that you would turn to relationship, that you would run to him. So that he can give you peace. But this morning, I want to ask a very different question. You see, there are storms in our life that God ordains. He actually allows them. He actually, and that's hard for us. Because we think God is loving and he is. But there are storms in your life that God actually ordains. He actually purposes them. So that you will grow. So that you will turn to him. So that that you will be changed. But there are also storms in our lives that God allows Maybe he didn't ordain the storm, but in that moment he allows it because he is right there with you in the storm. But what about the storms in our lives that we create? What about those? See, the truth this morning, the thing I really want you to know is that our circumstances never have the power to give us peace. So many of us have entered into this series, and when we think of fear and anxiety, we're pointing to the battle. We're pointing to the storm and saying, God, if you could just handle that, look at my bank account. Let me tell you about my boss. Let me tell you about the neighbors down the street. Let me tell you about my crazy kids acting a fool. Whatever it is, and man, God cares today. But we're so quick to point out the storms all around us. But I'm here to tell you that there is no circumstance in your life that has the power to give you peace. There is no check the magic box today, whatever it is, and I'm praying you find freedom today. I'm praying that in the midst of your storm and your circumstances, you see God show up. And he, he does, he raises the dead. He performs the miracle in your life. I pray that you see that, but today I just want you to know our peace that we're seeking so desperately does not come from a change in circumstances because circumstances never have the power to give us the true peace that we're seeking today. Can I just suggest to you can I suggest to you that the storms that we often create in our lives are ultimately, it's about our focus. For some, maybe the word approach will help you, but, but I, I'm, I'm just, okay, I'll talk about me, all right? In my life, so much of the anxiety that I'm facing has nothing to do with the storms happening out there. It has so much to do with my focus, with where my attention is even in the midst of the storm. You're saying, Adrian, can you explain yourself? sure. Sure, I think we're anxious and overwhelmed. Some of us, we're anxious and overwhelmed because we have no margin in our lives. We're running 100 miles an hour. We don't know how to stop. We don't know how to rest. We fill our lives with so much stuff. And then we say, God, calm the anxiety. Help me, Lord. Give me peace. Help me to... But, but we're running so fast and so hard. We're doing it to ourselves. We haven't allowed God to give us rest. We haven't figured out how to discern in our own lives what's reasonable and what's not. And so we're running at a pace that's unsustainable. Some of us, we spend way more than we make. I know I'm stepping on your toes, but I just got to be honest. That's some of the anxiety in my life. It's because I'm not obeying. I'm not walking in freedom in some of the very simple ways in my life that my focus and my intention are not where it should be. Man, student... (laughs) You didn't study for the test, and now you're anxious because the grades are coming up and the nine weeks is over. And right, I'm really stepping on toes now, but do you you see what I'm saying? Sometimes the anxiety that we face is not from the storms out there. It's the storms that we create by our focus, by our approach. I want to tell you just three specific ways that God is convicting me, that God's showing me, that he wants to help me in this area of the anxiety of the storms that I'm creating. I'm saying God calmed the storms, but he's saying, man, stop creating them. Right, right, what about this? What about my expectations, our expectations? You see, often, some of us, the statistic recently said 90%, 90% of us in America, we sleep with our phones next to our bed, and that's a great thing to do. You, You wake up in the middle of the night, you need to call somebody, you should do that, right? But because of this, let me tell you what often happens in my life. The alarm goes off. I turn the alarm off. I pick my phone up. And before I've used the bathroom, before I've talked to God, I I see the headlines for the day. I've got some text messages there. I've got some emails. And and so the moment my day begins, instead of beginning my day by saying, wow, God, good morning. Wow, God, you're good today. Wow, God, you know what what has started my day? A flood of information, a flood of, of anxiety, a flood of, oh, I've got this meeting today. I need to respond about that. I've got this, right, right? Because the moment I've woken up, What's my focus? What's my approach? What is setting my expectations? It's not the Lord. It's my stuff. Man, we have a 24-hour news cycle. I'm not sure that's always a good thing for us. Because what does it do? It sets this expectation in our hearts. There's always something happening. There's always this anxiety building in us. Why? Because our focus in our approaches is so bent on that. that do we really need to know? At all times, everything that's happening in the world, I love information, I love being empowered, but but what does this do in our hearts? It it drums up anxiety and fear because it becomes our focus. And what does it do? It creates faulty expectations. Social media, man, what a great avenue, what a great way that we believe as a church in spreading the gospel, but everyone has this platform for their thoughts and their ideas, and, and if that's all we're consuming, if that's all we're doing, it's creating these faulty expectations for yourself. The comparison, the looking at their lives, seeing what they have. It's creating this faulty expectation for others. And it it also, what we do, we create bad theology. We come into a day not expecting any battles. We come into a day expecting everything today is going to go great. But God said, put on the full armor of God. So why? Why have we entered into this expectation that everything today is going to go great? And the moment a battle comes, anxiety rises up within us. It's because our focus focus. Oftentimes, I'm asking God to deliver me from the anxiety that I'm creating in my own life. What about this? What about not just our expectations? What about our thoughts and attitudes? They're closely connected. So many of the battles that we face start in the mind. Isn't that true about anxiety and fear? I'm not saying it's just mental. I'm not just saying just imagine and you'll be... No, no, but I'm just saying, could you for a minute... Take a moment to take some responsibility for, for the, act, the things that you think about. There's a reason in Philippians 4 that we're called to, to think about what is true and what is noble and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely. Because oftentimes we're filling our mind with so many other things. And we wonder why we're anxious. And we wonder why we're afraid. And we wonder why we can't get, and I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying sometimes we have to take seriously seriously our call and understand the impact that our thoughts have our thoughts about our circumstances around us our thoughts about others even our thoughts about ourselves and that's where shame comes in right because we have this such a toxic thought life that we've given our our minds and we're filling it with so many other things and then we're we're riddled with anxiety why because our focus our approach filling our mind with toxic thoughts. Finally, what does thoughts lead to? It really leads to words and actions. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but there's a few of us. <laughs> there's a few of us uh, we've created some storms with our words, haven't we? I'm not proud of it. I'm not trying to drag you back there. But man, I, I, God God can redeem and God can restore, but let's stop asking him to calm the storms in our life when we're not willing to let him tame the tongue with the battles that we've created with the storms that we're creating. Why? Because, because our focus. Can, can I tell you this morning, can I give you hope? This is a scripture, the psalmist says, and this is, this is wrecking me in a good way. This is in this new year, challenging me like never before. This is what it says in Psalm uh, 16, verse eight. It says, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord always before me. Do you know the average iPhone user looks at their phone 26 times 100 times a day, guilty. Can I, this is not a condemnation thing, but, but let's just acknowledge this morning. How can the Lord be always before me if my iPhone's always, I know there's the Bible on there and all that, so I'm, I get it. But, but I'm just saying, consider the amount of things drawing our attention, the amount of things stealing our focus throughout the day. And the psalmist said, I have set the Lord always before me. He is my focus. He, he, he is what consumes me, and my attitudes, and my thoughts, and my expectations, and even my words flow from him because I have set the Lord always before me. I believe in this new year. God can deliver you. That's what the psalmist said. He, he's delivered me from all my fears. Man, that's true. But what if today we committed and said, Lord, did you begin to help me with the storms I'm creating? Would you begin, Lord, to help me with the anxiety that I'm producing? Would you begin to help me in the areas, Lord, where I'm I'm so unfocused that, that I'm constantly riddled with fear and anxiety? The storms are all around me because my focus and my approach is on so many other things instead of you. In the boat that day, the disciples, they were so consumed. Their focus was so distorted, and in the moment, that's why Jesus comments about their faith that's why Jesus says why are you afraid it's because their truth their focus had become so distorted instead of turning their eyes to him the band's going to come this morning and we're going to close with a song of challenge and can I be honest this morning that this message is not real fun to preach because it's convicting me It's challenging me. It's challenging what I do in the evenings when I go home. It's challenging how I wake up in the morning and how I start my day. It's challenging me to acknowledge and take responsibility for the thoughts and actions in my life. And and man, we do live in a society today that we we don't really want to always be responsible. We we we, we can blame. We can push responsibility on others. and, And I'm not here to tell you. That all the fear in your life is your fault. I'm not here to say that the circumstances you're facing, big deal, you deal with it on your own. I'm just asking you today, I'm asking you today, would you be willing to set the Lord always before you? Would you be willing today in this new year to say, what is it going to take What is it going to take to make sure that he is my focus? I'm trying in my family, and it's going to take a while. I'm trying to acknowledge, I'm trying to kind of analyze my life and my patterns and my habits. And how can we as a family ensure that we're keeping the Lord always before us? Because I believe God can do anything. Oh, and I believe when we feel anxiety, even the storms we create, we can cast cast our anxiety on him. He cares. But I'm praying the Lord would... Bring me into a new season of freedom in my life. Here's the prayer in just a minute that I want us to pray. It should sound familiar because the psalmist prayed this prayer for us too. But the prayer says this, search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Isn't that a beautiful prayer that that says, God, before you deal with the stuff out there, would you deal with me first? God, before I ask you to calm the storm raging out there, would you calm the storm in me? Know me, God, test me, my anxious thoughts. Lead me in your way everlasting today. There's probably, there's not a more beautiful prayer that we could pray over our own lives than that prayer. So I'm gonna invite you this morning to stand. And I I know today some of us are battling fear. And this coming Wednesday, we're going to continue with our workshops and invite you to come and be a part. It's an opportunity for freedom. It's an opportunity to recognize and realize that walking in freedom, it is a process by which we surrender and allow God to work and allow him to help us. But today, I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer that the ramifications in your life... I, I don't know what it could mean. I don't know how much freedom God wants to provide through this prayer that he's given us. It's not my prayer, it's his prayer in his word. And so I'm to invite you today to bow your heads, to close your eyes. I, some of you, this takes a lot of faith what we're about to pray because the anxiety you're facing is overwhelming and you're, not, you're, you're sometimes even doubting God's goodness in the midst of the storms you're facing. And, and man, he cares today. He cares, but today I wanna invite you in faith to pray And ask the Lord to alter your focus, to change your perspective. And in doing so today, to allow him to deliver you, yes, from all your fears. This morning, God, we begin by just saying, search me, oh God. Search us today. Show us, God. May we not come into the room defensive. May we not come to the room on guard. May we not come into the room, uh, Lord, uh, feeling like we have to explain ourselves or rationalize. Lord, today, would we just stand before you as your children that are dearly loved and just pray that you would search us. Pray that you would show us. Pray that you would convict us, God, that we would want help bad enough that we would stop hiding from you. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. God, you know us today. You know us. We can take such comfort in that, that you created us and you know us. You know our tendency to fear. You know our tendency to run towards anxiety. You know our tendency to doubt and mistrust you, God. You know us today. But now we're asking that you would test us and know our anxious thoughts. God, today, some of us are riddled with anxiety. And there's no guilt in this, God. There's no shame in it. But there's freedom in knowing As it said in Philippians, we come to you with thanksgiving. We turn every request, every petition to you, God, and and we come to you. Why? Because you desire relationship for us. So we pray that you would know our anxious thoughts. See, God, today if there's any offensive way in us, lead us in your way everlasting. God, you you have a better way for us. You have a better way forward, a better journey, one step at a time. And today we take our focus off of us. We take our focus off our circumstances. We take our focus off the things around us grabbing for our attention. And today, Lord, we pursue a focus fully trusting in you. We love you. We know you hear us today, God.
0: Thank you again for listening here today. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to us at info at abeaconofhope.org. That's info at abeaconofhope.org you happen to be in the Harrisonburg Virginia area we'd love for you to join us at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham Virginia we meet every Sunday morning at 9 and 10:30 a.m in English and then at 11:45 in Spanish celebrate recovery also meets here each and every week Monday nights at 6 p.m if you enjoyed the podcast today please be sure to subscribe in order to get updates and new episodes